This is the Improve, Inspire, Impact podcast, which is intended to champion or celebrate the efforts of those people who don't normally get much recognition, but certainly deserve it. Regardless of what you've done, if it's made your life better and you're happy with it, then let's hear about it. This episode features Caroline, who I would call a serial volunteer. She's made a massive impact on her local community, and she's also improved her own life along the way and all through volunteering. I've called the episode More Please and Thank You, which is a little bit of a nuanced title, but I believe that once you've heard the conversation, you'll understand why I've called it that. We talk about many things along the way, the benefits of volunteering, the importance of resilience, something I need to learn, ageing, authenticity and Caroline's plans for the next five years. She has a quest and she needs some inspiration for new challenges. So here's Caroline's story. I've known you for a while and obviously I'm familiar with what you do, but I'm interested in how you would describe yourself. I would describe myself as a person who enjoys and gets a lot of uh, positive reinforcement from community work. I think in other communities it's called community organising with capital letters, but I suppose what I do is with with lowercase and um, have been involved in lots of groups in our community and as a result of that kind of know a lot about the stuff that's gone on in the past and... Uh, can be helpful to people for the future, for here and now and for the future, I guess. So what inspired you to become a community organiser or an activist, if you want to say that? Um, Initially, I think I was sat on the sidelines and thought, well, I'm not sure things are going very well, or I could see how things, in my opinion, could be better. Um, And I'm quite a, I've always have been a person that subscribe to the fact that if you think you can do something then you should just get on and do it as opposed to um you know just writing letters or even moaning moaning (laughs) and especially I mean we're talking pre-Facebook days when I started and I think um I'm sure people did just sit around and moan then but I think that's more obvious to all of us now yeah uh that people will take to the uh social media waves and moan about it so keyboard warriors like indeed there are quite a few of those I think I've noticed (laughs) so (laughs) when did you start all this then when did you start volunteering how long ago so I've always done volunteering so as a child I was um sort of you know brownie guide um uh and especially I think through guiding I remember doing my queen's guide award and I had to organize um, some sort of fundraiser so I would have been about um, 14 or 15 and organizing a jumble sale so ever since then I've, I've always been involved in some sort of organization and some sort of volunteering either on a uh, as a weekly basis or, or sort of one-off events and then in the, la- in the last about 10 years I've been really involved in our community so I was on our parish council for quite a while mm-hmm. and some of the spin-off groups to that, uh, which includes um, a board, two boards that run the village halls. Right. So there's lots of, I think um, I'm involved with, particularly with volunteering that's not so popular, which involves actually 
going to meetings, which are sometimes, I think, meetings nowadays have a bit of a bad press. Yes, because I would agree. I, <laughs> they go on for too long, quite often, don't they? They do. They can go on too long. And I think lots of people would probably have seen Vicar of Dibley on the TV yes. and think, oh, I'm not getting involved with that. Yeah. So uh, in our community, we've recently done a survey of everything to do with the community about uh, what people like, don't like, what they wish was better. And one of the questions we asked was about volunteering. And it's a very high level question, so it doesn't really get into any particular detail. But we gave a whole load of reasons for people to choose from about why they don't volunteer. And um, uh, because we know through our community that there are lots of organisations crying out for volunteers who just don't get them. And I wonder if there's a whole kind of mind shift that needs to change about volunteering. Why um, do you think people don't volunteer? What is the reason behind it, do you think? Mainly, um, um, often people say they don't have the time. Um, but for in our experience, uh, a lot of the people that do do the volunteering that keep are the engine room of keeping a lot of organisations going. Indeed, work, some of them work full time. They've got families, they've got other commitments, other caring commitments, but they find the time to be committed to something. And it's not necessarily something that particularly benefits them. They do it for the the good of the community. Um, And it's very difficult to know whether how you attract people to do that, uh, to have that commitment. It's something that's got to come from within, really, I think. Because once you volunteered for a role, you're a volunteer when you make that commitment. But once you're there, you're next on the block, isn't it? And I think potentially that might frighten a few people. I think it depends. Yes, I mean, it depends what you're talking about. In terms of um, uh, quite formal legal entities like a little charity or even one perhaps a social enterprise, that is indeed the case, actually, that whilst those people are volunteers who are on that board or um, sitting as a director, sitting as a councillor, they're doing it as a formal, it's a formal role. Uh, For some people, I think that may be too much like work, um, too much like the day job. Um, And others may feel that they don't have the skills to get involved in that. It's very much about the way that society used to be, um, especially before the welfare state particularly, it, it relied on good people in the community to get involved. And I think we're going to that way now as well. And Changing back to how it was. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I'm not at all dismissing that as, a, as the way forward, provided that people are given the tools to do it. Yes. So, but we, I, think we've, I think just that we've had that experience in our community where lots of people want things done, but they don't always put themselves forward to help do it. I mean, I... Personally, you see it all the time. People who raise money for charities, for example, by doing a fun run or climbing Mount Everest or whatever, all well and good. They're raising the funds for the charity, but there are people behind that that need to keep the thing going, um, Mm -hmm. which is obviously what you do. Um, But you don't get the publicity for that. It's a pretty thankless task, I'd imagine, at times, because you're the one that probably gets all the complaints when something is not absolutely perfect. How does that make you feel? It's true to say, I think, that if I waited for thanks, I wouldn't do it. So I think it comes back to the original point that it tends to be that people who volunteer are doing it for a greater good. 
And I don't mean that necessarily, in a, in a, it's not a religious thing, it's just that thinking beyond yourself, beyond your own family, it's about involving yourself, as far as I'm concerned, in something that's bigger than yourself, that you're doing it for, for the community in which you live. Um, and it, is, it can be disheartening. I think you have to be pretty tough sometimes to think, to rise above it. And if all you get is moans, you know, who wants to do that as a, as a volunteering? Exactly, role? when it's in your own yes, time. Yeah. You can have that at work, can't you? I know, I know. And, you know, and indeed we do. Um, you, you, you turn out of an evening, it's cold and dark, and the hall is inevitably, may or may not be heated, mm. and you have a meeting, and then people just drum up lots of moans, and maybe they're genuine, you know, uh, but you're doing it as a volunteer. And that situation is definitely will be repeated all around the country with, you know, little village halls, their committees, people are doing it for the best of the, to the best of their ability. And um, there has to be give and take with that. And I, 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 a lot of the time, it's not so much about what the issue is, it's about the way people say it. Yes. Yeah, I think there's a way of um, saying, well, you know, really appreciate what you do. Have you thought about this? We're prepared to do X. Yes. You know, uh, and so that there's a compromise to it. There's a jointness to it. There's um, a way forward that can be formulated that advant- is an advantage to everybody. Or you can just say, we don't like it. We don't like the way you do it. We think you should do it better. Um, you know, the, you can just hear that, that, how that must feel to the receiver. How do you remain resilient to that? How do I? <laughs> Dogged determination. Um, I I guess I see it as I have to be strategic about it, which sounds a bit over grand, probably for the subject matter that we're talking about. But I think if you, in your mind, are focused on a on a goal a bit distant, and have helped to develop a vision about how things could be better, then if you feel that more or less you're moving in that direction, and some of these other things are a bit of a bump in the road, really. Because in the same way as if you're setting off on a journey, you know, you might get held up in traffic. There might be some potholes. <laughs> um, other people's driving will <laughs> irritate you. Yes. Lots of those things. And that's like working with people, isn't it? And groups, which, as you say, you does require some resilience <laughs> to not get bogged down in it. Just think, keeping going, keeping going <laughs> until the next services. <laughs> so, you, um, you know, you're painting uh, a bit of a hard picture of this. So how would you encourage people to take it up? Because it sounds pretty <laughs> awful, to be honest. Oh, dear. I, I would encourage people to take it up by dipping their toe into it and thinking, well, this is important to me. Um, you know, having, I don't know, take it away from halls. Let's take it to uh, litter. If you're irritated by litter in your community, there are lots of groups that have popped up who will you know, call themselves rubbish friends or something and actually just get together, get some bin bags, get some gloves and conspire to get out together and pick up rubbish. It will make you feel better because you'll have picked up a whole load of rubbish and the place will look better. Other people will appreciate it. So that's a really simple way. So that's, a, I think, dipping your toe in the water in that kind of way would be good. So you kind of basically can make some new friends doing that, can't you? Meet more people, socialise a little bit and at the same time, have an impact on your you know the place that you live the direct community that you're involved with it is right on your doorstep and, and where better to start yes indeed charity begins at home kind Absolutely. of <laughs> yeah I think so because um 
start with what interests you. I think it's really hard to, um, I mean, people do, they might be approached to help out with a cause of which they weren't very familiar in the first place and perhaps have no particular affinity. If you are short of time and you live in a community and that you can see everybody has stuff to do, um, then, you know, research it. It's very unlikely that someone, someone like me in my community will <laughs> tap people on the shoulder and ask them to help. But if you, <laughs> if you keep yourself to yourself, you know, you're probably sailing under the radar because that suits you. And so it's about looking out there and seeing what needs doing. Um, I know in our community, I think this is right, that somebody that cleans the sign at the beginning, at the, at the end of the village the more other people are encouraged, I think, through that kind of modelling of behaviour to keep it um, perhaps more green, uh, cleaner, fresher, um, more user-friendly, safer community. So I think there's kind of an, a virtuous upward spiral to that. So with all this community work you've done, do you think it's helped you with your, your work life? Um, has it helped you get jobs? What's been the impact in that way? I think it has helped me with my work life. I, I think it's great to be able to put on your CV that you have got involved in your community or in volunteering generally. As somebody who now interviews people in, uh, for our workplace, I'm very positive when I see that on someone's work application. Clearly, it shows that they've got um, uh, an interest in their broader community. It shows more of the skills that perhaps don't come out in their previous day jobs. Personally, I think that if someone can put down uh, in real, with real examples of how they've helped in, in terms of volunteering, I think that's all to the good. It's given me a lot more confidence, I have to say, in my own work, particularly around public speaking and speaking in public. I got that through my volunteering. I did not get that first time through a job. So that's, that's been a great thing for me. It's obviously public speaking or speaking in public is not for everyone. I didn't know I could do it until I had to do it through my volunteering. <laughs> so that's good. And actually sort of you know, chairing meetings. I wasn't in a work um, role that required that. I am now. And that came up, my experience for that came about through volunteering. So I, I would encourage, especially for young people, if they want to kind of, you know, or people thinking of changing careers and not really sure where they're going with it, to find something that will fit what you need as well. I think it's perfectly legitimate, um, provided that you are prepared to give to that organisation and not just join for the sake of yeah. your CV. Yeah, I understand that, yeah. All in all, it has improved your life this voluntary work you know it is quite undercover in some respects but you've done masses but what is the thing that you're most proud of what's your biggest achievement I'm really pleased with the work that I did with other people when I was on our parish council mm -hmm. because I feel that it transformed I was part of a team that transformed it um, everybody played their role in that in terms of bringing it into this century um, in terms of its uh, processes and procedures and the governance and everything about it. And that was quite hard, hard fought for, but was entirely correct. And it 
and the organisation needed to be like that. The council needed to get to that place in order that it could meet the challenges that we have. We're a growing community. It's taken on a lot of. Um, uh, it will have. It's taking on a lot more responsibility, um, and it wouldn't have been able to do that in the place it was. It had been in quite a reactive place where things were done because they'd always been done like that, mm-hmm. and. Um, if that was questioned, it was because why would you change? Because we've always done it that way. It was that kind of organisation to an organisation that I believe now is much more, okay, let's look at that, um, much more proactive, much more open to ideas. But there can, there's a subtlety to that and there's about, a, about being new and innovative. And I believe that, that the parish council is that organisation today because I took part in it so I think that was my big, my proudest bit. That's a long-term impact, isn't it? Because you've actually fundamentally changed the way an area is, is governed. That's right. And that's a process, isn't it? It's a process. It's not a snapshot in time. No. You've had to work hard to get there. And I think it's really important to, to emphasise that in a lot of cases, it's the process behind something that is replicable, that will help you further on in life with, with a lot of different things. It's not always about that snapshot, I've done this, I've done that, that you, you see quite often on social media. Yeah. That's a topic that I like to bang on about quite a lot. And but... I think social media does it does appeal to the short-term um, one-off um, challenge. You know, um, run a race, yes. climb a mountain, raise £100, these kinds of things. And I'm not belittling those achievements at all i just think what we've been talking about is longer term bit of a slog sometimes commitment which means that you don't always do things when you feel okay basically because you said you'd do it and you try your best to honor that commitment even if you don't feel like your best you've had a tough day at work but you still go out You, you don't have to be perfect but i think it's about showing up really and also not expecting to get a pat on the back all the way along. Well, definitely not. Definitely <laughs> and it's not. Really hard. It can be really tough. And I think that's the other, the thing that I've, in terms of what I've got out of this, is about knowing that things have been tough. I think I've not seen eye to eye with everybody. I think I'm seen as quite tough sometimes because I'm prepared to go, well, no, we're not mm. doing it like that. Or I don't agree with that. I don't say I agree with it for the sake of it. I don't. Um, I certainly wouldn't sign up to anything that I didn't think was proper. Um, I'm very You're your keen. own person. I am. You yeah, stay I true am. to your beliefs <laughs> and and your feelings, and I really like that because it's honest, it's authentic, and it leads me on to what is Caroline about as a person? I think as a person, I'm. I like to hear that word authentic. I'm happy with that because I think authentic means good, bad and ugly. And everybody is good, bad and ugly sometimes. Mm. Um, I like to, I'd like to think I was very honest and I know honesty is somewhat underrated sometimes. So I like that. Definitely. Um, and I like to be resilient and I like to rise to a challenge and all of those things. I'm the better person for because I've ever volunteered, because I've ever done things for nothing. Yeah, I, I'm really happy with myself. Good. 
you know, I'm not perfect at all, but I'm, Who is? I feel happy with myself because I've done these things and because I know what I've challenged and I know what my limitations are. Um, and the other great thing about, which we haven't really talked to, you didn't ask me, but it's that I've met so many more people through this. Yes. That actually, if I hadn't done all these things in the community, there are people I wouldn't have met. There are people I definitely wouldn't have gravitated to, to but you work together in a good team. Um, whatever the subject is and that gives you an extra complexion in your life yes and you know a little bit of a little bit of grit in the oyster which I like in life as well so I am a follower of yours on Instagram and I have noticed that recently you've changed your hair color I have what's that all about um I mean fundamentally my hair color changed about 10 well started changing about 10 years ago and I'd had an increasing battle with the um, uh, at the hairdressers, basically, um, because I was having to go back, uh, back and forth to the hairdressers every four weeks to make sure the colour was topped up. And I was just getting, I just felt like it was becoming such a commitment and increasingly I didn't feel very authentic. So... I decided to just embrace the grey, basically. So it I... does look lovely. It really oh, does. Thank when you. I saw it first of all, I thought, you know, that really suits her. Um, that's really that's really honest, and I really like the way you've done that. I think it's yeah, I think you. it's brave. Thank you. I I I thought it was gonna I thought it was gonna be a bigger deal than it was. I I've got a good hairdresser. I have to say she didn't particularly want to do it, so that was a little bit of a battle really? as well. Yeah, well, I, sh- I can understand that because she probably thought she'd lose some money well, with you going back think, so often. I mean, it's not without colour on it, but um, it's much more natural to what I now am because, and I feel more authentic mm-hmm. for it, and I feel really comfortable with it more than I thought I would. Um, so that's been part of the now. Um, and yeah. I've also started thinking about, I know, um, my daughter and her friends have done a lot of stuff around 30 before 30. I know a lot of people who did 40 before 40. Um, and now I'm looking at 50 before 50. I'm going to have to get a real wriggle on to do 60 before 60. Wow. So I need top tips, top ideas for challenges. And I think, so I've done the hair. You've done the hair. That was one of my things. You've done plenty of volunteering yeah. and, uh, becoming charitable trustee. Yeah. Um, you've now been on a podcast. Yeah. I have. Um, so... That's that's three things. That's three things down. Fifty-seven yeah. to go. <laughs> I know. Mm. So I might, given the time available, so I've got five years. Yeah. Um, to do sixty things, and I think they can be, you know, little or big. Um, and some of the lists I've seen are, you know, they're not actual physical challenges or anything. They're about mindset stuff. I think and that's I, really important. Really important. I can want to mix that, you know, in with it. So I'm all open to ideas of such a list how I could draw that up and not be a slave to it but I think it'd be really great to have that um to work towards and maybe you know take me in new directions so, you know get me out of the village a bit yeah. <laughs> always good to get out of the village when you can um, yeah, always good to get out of the village so if people think of some ideas for you um how could they get hold of you um on Instagram maybe yeah so I've just started a new Instagram page um, which is called Silver Me 2019, or one word. Um, and I thought I would maybe make that my next five years worth of uh, mm. all about my challenges, you know, for myself, which, 
you know, I'm sure are common to lots of people. Um, and, you know, we can share ideas about how to keep ourselves going. <laughs> yeah, keep ourselves going and reinventing ourselves, really, because who knows what the, the 55 was, you know, re, you know, well beyond into old age in previous generations. Not anymore. And we're, you know, in this country now today, we are so fortunate to enjoy, to have enjoyed, you know, good health care and relatively good environment, all sorts of stuff. So I think it's a celebration age. Uh, I don't want to be going down any kind of, I hate it. I hate it when people say, we well, have to expect it at your age. That kind mm. of thing. I'm a real mm. no. I think age is whatever age you are is what you make it, and it's about making the most of opportunities that come your way and being alive to new ideas, I guess. And embracing the fact that you're in a different phase of life to how you were 20 years ago. Different challenges. It's just completely different. You might not be able to do exactly what you used to do, but it's time to find new things that you enjoy, I guess. It is, and I, you know, and I'm really impressed with your challenges that you that you've challenged yourself on your. Uh, your physical challenges um, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to get <laughs> in any way <laughs> get involved with those but yeah you know, watch me fail you, I like to call it <laughs> I like to watch that because I think it's I like your style for the fact that you do show yourself in the struggle and are happy to be filmed doing that and flopping and falling off or whatever it is because that's the real story about people isn't it not the just seeing the glamorous end result you know airbrushed um <laughs> or you know at the end of the finish line because so much you know 99.9 point whatever percent of life is before the finish line before the end product before uh the the finished painting whatever it is it's that bit beforehand and we need more of the story i think from more people about that it's all about the process the process is replicable but the the snapshot end bit is just a snapshot end bit and Mm. let's just keep it real basically let's see everybody falling let's let's go on the journey with them i don't like that word journey i don't like the word i don't like comfort zones either no i don't Um, but you know what i'm saying there and um, I do look... I do. I think we need new words. Yes. Yeah. I'll try and think of some for the next uh, thing that I do. But I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you come up with. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the... Oh, I hate to say, Let's say pathway instead of the J word. Um, and, mm-hmm. to, you know, to watch it over the next few years to see what you come up with. Because I think it's, you know, I think it's a, a brave thing to do. Um, and I think, I think you're going to be great at it because you're great at everything you do for the community. So I don't see why... It'll be a challenge to you, it'll be a different challenge, but I'm absolutely sure that you're going to nail it because you're like that. Thanks so much. Um, thank you. I think to sum up, I'd like to say thank you for all the unpaid voluntary work that you've done for the community because I don't think people realise um, the level of commitment required and the number of hours that you've put into it because it must be phenomenal it must be you know you must be out most evenings really um, when everybody else is sitting watching the television or I don't know what they do but you know you're putting so much into it um, and I am confident that it is appreciated although it's probably not well it isn't expressed to you personally I don't believe but I would hope that by talking on here you may have inspired somebody else to go out and do the same or similar sort of thing. And I do think we need more people like you out there. Well, thank you so much. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate your words. And um, I'm really happy if we want people want to share ideas about how they can take the first steps to, you know, maybe move from the the sofa to the outdoors or to another chair in another room and just try something new. I'm all all up for the conversation. But as you and I both know, it's all about the process, getting started and, you know, just helping each other and being kinder to each other, really. Definitely. I think there's not enough kindness around. People are very, 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 very quick to criticise, but not very quick Mm -hmm. to um, to show empathy or kindness or love. That sounds a bit trite. Yeah, for sure. I think you know what I'm saying. Yes, absolutely. Maybe or hopefully you now understand why I called the podcast More Please and Thank You. Because I believe that society needs more Carolines, more volunteers. And I think it's really important for those who make the effort to be appreciated and recognised and thanked. If you can suggest any ideas for Caroline's 60 before 60 quest, she can be reached on Instagram as silverme2019. I'm also on Instagram as almond.triangle and I'm trying to be honest and authentic by posting videos of me in my quest to learn calisthenics with fairly mixed results, I think it's fair to say. Um, Apart from that, I also post on there about eating disorder recovery. And if you want to get hold of me on email, I'm at almond.triangle at gmail.com. I'm always looking for other people to talk to for these podcasts because I strongly believe that everybody's got a story, whether that's because you've improved your own life or made an impact on other people's lives through your efforts or taken or given inspiration. I think it's really important that that's celebrated and that you feel appreciated for your efforts. Thanks for listening.